from VLGA Connect, it's time for our regular governance update and we welcome back from Civic Mind, Stephen Cooper. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Chris. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Good to see you again. There's always something happening in the governance space. A couple of things we want to touch on today. We'll talk about the sections of the new act that are just coming into force now. We'll talk about the upcoming uh, workshops for potential candidates for the elections, which at this point are still happening later this year. But firstly, uh, and in relation to that, the ministers recently released the list of the, the structures that are going to apply to councils across the state at the next election. Have you had a chance to look through those? Had a quick look, Chris. Yes. So the minister announced there are eight councils moving to single member wards and also nominated another two councils that will go to unsubdivided structure, if that is such a thing. So there is a piece of advice I see that came out which sets out which council is going to have which structure, not just for this next election, but the one beyond as well, which is um, some, some clarity. Yeah, nice table that uh, has been released, basically setting out the structures for 2020 and also 2024 where available. And so that structure tells us that there's over 20 other councils that will move to a single ward structure in 2024. Um, nominates about a dozen councils that will move to what's called a compliance structure, whether that would be single member or unsubdivided, because they would be rural councils where it's needed to be determined. Um, and then sort of nominates another, about a third of the councils across Victoria, which will remain unchanged from the current structures that they have. So, Steve, fair to say that the single member wards are pretty much metropolitan only? Yes, and that's, that has been the intent, that um, the unsubdivided uh, option is available to uh, rural councils where a single member structure would just be impractical. So there's another issue around the actual boundaries of wards within the municipalities. What's your understanding of how that's going to be sorted? <laughs> so interesting, Chris. The, um, the announcement this week set out the eight councils that are moving to a single ward structure. Um, it also says that uh, submissions on ward names are required by the 25th of May to enable gazettal of those structures. So... My reading would be the minister has announced what the internal structures will be, presumably based on advice from the VEC, although that's not been said. Uh, the councils are to provide um, feedback where possible on the names. And it would appear at that point, the minister will uh, take the matters to executive council to get an order that can be gazetted. Okay, so um, there's some um, advice available on the situation as it stands now uh, on the Know Your Council website or LGV website, um, or both perhaps? There's a bit on both, but the LGV website, the way the department's described it quite nicely is the source of truth. And so right. if in doubt, the Local Government Victoria website's a good place to go. Excellent. All right, so people can find out more uh, from those uh, sources. Um, the implementation of Local Government Act 2020 continues, and I think I'm right in saying a number of uh, sections came into effect as of last Friday. That's true, Chris. And predominantly, these are sections where, although they're in place, um, and check each, check each clause to be certain, but there's a number where uh, implementation is required by 1 September. So for the likes of delegations, governance rules, community engagement and public transparency policies, um, yes, they're in effect, but there's a 1 September deadline 
um, to implement. And in the meantime, the 89 Act provisions will carry over um, until such time as new provisions are adopted, which is a good reminder for councils, though, particularly, say, with adopting governance rules that part of the resolution would need to include um, repealing or revoking the arrangements that are currently in place. Um, there's some good resource around. A lot of councils have started to think about that. And I know a number of the legal providers are, um, have released templates, for example, and guidance materials that uh, the council should be aware of. So just to be clear, Steve, the sections came into effect last week, but you're not, you're not required to comply until the 1st of September. But if you want to uh, go early, you can. If you want to do so it now, you can. Exactly. So, for example, it's quite clear that uh, with delegations that until such time as delegations under the 2020 Act are made, any delegations made under the 1989 Act will continue to have effect. So that is just one example. All right. And the, the other thing uh, we wanted to talk about is the upcoming uh, workshops that the VLJ, VLGA are running. And you and I are both involved in these. Um, aimed at potential candidates who want to get a feel for the issues and things they need to be aware of prior to um, the election campaign really ramping up? Yeah, so Chris, um, and good to be involved in that. Um, there will be details emerging in, um, at some stage soon, presumably, as to what the mandatory candidate training will look at. There's a number of councils have got in early in terms of encouraging um, participation in elections. So um, the VLGA is one provider that's um, put together a pretty broad sort of summary of the requirements of, a, of the role of councillor, what people can expect of that role, um, the key focus and maybe a few traps to, uh, to avoid that people don't tell you about before you actually uh, put the nomination in. And fair to say, this, the workshop will be customised in a sense to the particular council area in which it's being presented. I think that's the joys of local government, Chris. It's local. So we work to the same structure, but there are elements, for example, the council plans of each council, of course, they're different. And, uh, and the customisation needs to take notice of that. Excellent. All right. So I think that's starting to roll out later this month. So we'll probably talk some more about that in uh, future governance updates as we, we see how it goes. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting some feedback, Chris, as to what the issues are and the senses around the state, particularly in this COVID environment. So uh, elections at this point are still happening in October. Um, check out episode 30, I think it is, of VLGA Connect for a discussion we had with the minister going back a few days now. Uh, in which he's uh, reserving judgment on that until we see what happens with COVID-19 restrictions. I'm getting a sense that um, we're waiting as long as we can to avoid having to delay if we don't have to. Is that a fair read, do you think? Yeah, I'd agree with that, Chris. Mm. I think that um, a good approach to take is uh, uh, hope for the best, but plan for the worst. Um, mm -hmm. There has been nothing authoritative to say that the elections will be cancelled. So really important to proceed on the basis, or postponed, I should have said, really important yeah. to proceed on the basis that, that they will occur. Before we go, um, as of last week, virtual council meetings are a thing in Victoria now, and I've seen some, some snapshots from right across the state, so uh, everyone's getting into it. Have you seen some yourself? I have, and hasn't there been some terrific work done by a number of councils, which has probably thrown up some issues that you know, generally might not have been thought about beforehand. 
Uh, Can I make a special mention to Yarra Rangers? And, uh, you know, the CEO at Yarra Rangers is a very good personal friend of mine. Um, <laughs> I was uh, really interested to see they'd colour-coded uh, the backgrounds, the virtual backgrounds, uh, one colour for councillors, different colour for officers, which really helped to see, you know, who's who in the zoo, so to speak. Nice disclosure, Chris, but also I agree. What fabulous transparency and thinking about the viewers who don't necessarily understand the distinction between the councillors and officers and making that really simple for them. I did see um, another council where they've got the council logo as a backdrop, in fact, Mooney Valley, um, for all the councillors, which has really removed a lot of that potential noise, because I know a lot of us have been playing with virtual backgrounds while we've been having Zoom meetings, but it probably doesn't work really well in a council meeting. So that simplicity, I think, is a really good thing too. Steve, we spent uh, quite a bit of time last week with the panel talking about chairing particularly of effective council meetings, which has been viewed many, many times since then, which is pretty amazing considering it, it goes for an hour. What's your sense of what you've seen in terms of how mayors are rising to the challenge of chairing these um, complex um, uh, sessions? Really consistent feedback, Chris, about how it rises and falls on the quality of the chairmanship, the engagement of the chair in the conduct of the meeting. Uh, little things, Chris, like, um, and we talked previously about walking through the local government, so the local laws to identify any clauses that might be contrary to um, uh, the amendment to the Act. But another thought that was thrown up by one council, which is a really nice one, is walking through and just identifying those parts of the meeting where good governance is served by suspending standing orders. Um, that maybe you need to suspend standing orders when the chairman's seeking advice from the governance team. Uh, in considering submissions, um, you know, a whole lot of points in a meeting where formality doesn't work over a virtual meeting. So really identifying those points early. I did see one too from over the border, um, and I think it might have been the Albury Council who have been found ways to be in the news this week. Yes, um, I think it was that council, Chris, but they had cards, and including one of the cards, and I think it was a point raised by Stuart James, uh, one of the cards was a pink one, I think, for um, point of order, as well as, you know, green for yes, red for no. Uh, so thinking through that to make it as really simple as possible uh, for people to be clear as to what's going on. Yes, I, I imagine the viewing numbers for Aubrey's meeting this week uh, were probably higher than you would normally expect. <clears throat> um, bit of Better being storm. talked about than not being talked about, Chris. Bit of a storm warning there. Um, thanks, Steve. <laughs> We do a governance update every fortnight here on VLGA Connect. And I must say, it's one of the um, most watched um, regular programs that we have. So thanks for your support. If you'd like to be a part of future episodes, we have a story to tell. Please let us know by emailing to vlga at vlga.org.au. Join us again soon for VLGA Connect.